listening to the Free Thinking Teacher Podcast, a candid look at the educational world from the mind of a veteran teacher who doesn't toe the line. These opinions are my own, but you're welcome to borrow them. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Free Thinking Teacher Podcast. I am the Free Thinking Teacher, and today a tweet inspired this topic. In fact, it inspired me so much that I've divided the topic into two episodes. Since I like to keep uh, the episodes around that 10-minute mark, I've divided this one in half. The tweet comes from someone using the handle at Fixing Education, and for the most part, this person tweets uh, some of those platitudes and ideas that I think a lot of teachers get behind, myself included. Uh, Just uh, some ideas to help fix the profession in general. And this tweet inspired me. Uh, I'll read it for you, and then I'll break down my analysis in bits and pieces. It should be noted that this tweet is from January of 2020, and it simply reads as this. Most teachers don't need more advice, forced training, extra tasks. However, they do need support every kind, lower class sizes, fair wages, quality PD, to be treated like a professional, less standardized testing, more prep time. Hashtag EdChat. The don't needs on there, uh, advice, force training, extra tasks, that's fairly cut and dry. I think teachers are overburdened nowadays. I'm going to agree with that 100%. I want to look at the uh, seven things listed under what teachers do need and kind of break them down with a little, a little analysis to make sure we're understanding these things uh, you know, in the right frame of mind because it's easy to say these things, but let's actually look at what they mean. So for part one of this episode, I'm simply going to look at uh, the first three items on the do need list. And so the first one is support. It seems like kind of a general word, but I think what this person is getting at is they need support for the difficulties that are happening in their classroom, support for uh, the materials and resources they need, both in person and in uh, curriculum, to help make the classroom function make sense. However, I think part of that need for support doesn't just stem from within the school, I think. A lot of you would agree the generation of kids versus ones prior, myself included, uh, have a very different level of behaviors and expectations both at home and in the classroom. I think we excuse a lot of uh, inappropriate behaviors due to things such as trauma, due to things such as socioeconomic status, due to things such as race and uh I don't know how my listeners out there feel about that. I think those are whole separate topics out there, but I do think that is an issue. If we want to help with support, we need to actually start looking past some of those excuse-generating issues and actually deal with the uh, problems that exist in the classroom. And they do try to do that in some respect with the uh, support staff, uh, your counselors, your school psychologists, your administrators, your um, educational assistants, You have those support staff people who may be pulled in several different directions or simply may not be doing their jobs. Um, So those are definitely things that need uh, to be addressed. Then, of course, there are unrealistic mandates such as uh, strict limitations on discipline, suspensions, things of that nature, where the teachers really don't have a recourse to focus on the students that are there to learn versus the ones who are there to 
cause issues. So support is something we can all agree on. I think you have to look at the root of the support failings and address them from that stance. The next item on this list of demands was smaller class sizes. Again, something everybody can agree on, everybody can get behind. But if you look at the logistics of what that takes, you have to realize that it may not be feasible in all schools and school districts. Uh, For one thing, you need more space. If you have fewer kids in a classroom, those other kids need to have another room to go into. Some districts don't have that luxury. Speaking of which, uh, if you have smaller class sizes, that means you need more staff. And therefore, you need to hire more people. It costs more money, a finite amount of tax dollars. And I'm not sitting here trying to defend large class sizes. I think it is something that needs to be addressed. But you also have to look at the realistic logistics behind this and why smaller class sizes isn't as easy as just uh, reducing a roster size. The third item on the list of demands is fair wages. Now, I'm going to do an entire episode on the topic of fair wages, living wages uh, down the road, so be prepared for that. But in terms of responding to this tweet, that's a highly subjective term. What is a fair wage? Sure, we'd all like to make more money, but what is a fair wage? I mean, put a number on it, put some sort of determining factor in there so that you can actually have that debate. Uh, You have to consider all factors of your fair wages. And again, I'm going to go into much more in depth on this in a separate episode, but um, you work part of a year. And don't tell me, oh, we work all summer too. Yeah, I get that. You are contracted to work nine to 10 months out of the year. So consider that when you're in your salary. Uh, again, going back to class sizes. All right, you want to reduce those class sizes. There's not going to be any money left to give you uh, a raise if that's what you're looking for because that money had to go into the logistics of shrinking down the rosters, hiring more people, etc. Um, and of course, school districts have several other costs too. And I don't want you to think for one minute that I think school districts spend their money wisely. They sure as hell don't. But those are all things you have to consider before you just throw out the term fair wages loosely. That's a huge issue that's going to be addressed more in depth at another time, but um, it's easy just to ask for it. It's another thing to actually think about it and break it down, both on a personal and on a, a business sense level. I personally also think teachers do themselves a little bit of a disservice uh, when they complain about wages so publicly. Yeah, we all want to be paid more, but... Uh, Let's uh, keep things realistic here, especially when we're in the, the public forum. So I've tackled three of the seven demands. I will tackle the other four in the next episode, which will have the same name, but be called part two, uh, which will come out next week. But I think you can kind of see for the most part, I am agreeing with fixing education's demands. It's just you have to look at it through that lens of reality. You have to make sure that you understand what it is that you're asking for and how it is going to be accomplished. So please listen to part two of this where I will tackle the other four demands and we will have our Welp review right after this short break. You're listening to the Free Thinking Teacher Podcast. Getting support in your classroom and advocating for smaller class sizes makes a ton of sense. Let's be reasonable about the manner in which we go after those goals. Demonstrate the need and make a cogent argument. Both of these expectations are smart. Five stars. You've enjoyed the Free Thinking Teacher podcast. Intro and outro music are excerpts from Think About It by Ryan Anderson. 
bumper music is from A Thought by Poddington Bear, both pieces courtesy of Free Music Archive. Please follow the thought process on Twitter at FTTeach and comment on the blog at FTTeacher.blogspot.com. Email topic ideas, comments, and questions to freethinkingteacher at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And remember, these opinions are my own, but you're welcome to borrow them.